1: section sixteen of metamorphoses this librivox recording is in the public domain metamorphoses by publius Ovidius naso ovid translated by j j howard the eighth book of the metamorphoses of ovid part two to every temple of the favouring gods Althea bore donations for her son victorious when the breathless bodies came of both her brethren loud the sounding blows of grief were heard and all the city rung with lamentable cries her golden robes were straight to sable changed but when the hand which struck the blow was known her every tear was dried and vengeance only filled her soul a log there lay when thestius's daughter groaned in childbed pangs which on the greedy flames the triple sisters flung and while their thumbs twirled round the fatal thread this was their song o newly born to thee and to this bough like date of life we give then ceased their words and from her presence vanished sudden snatched the mother from the fire the burning brand and quenched it instant in unsparing streams long in most secret darkness had she hid this fatal wood and thus preserved her son had safely years mature attained but now forth she produced it from its close recess fragments of torches on the hearth she heaped and blew the sparklings into deadly flames and thrice she raised her hands the branch to heave on the fierce fire and thrice her hands withdrew sister and mother in one bosom fought to adverse acts impelling oft her face dread of her meditated crime bleached pale oft to her eyes her furious rage supplied a fiery redness now her countenance glowed with threatenings cruel now her softening looks to pity seemed to melt and when fierce ire had filled her soul and parched up every tear fresh tears would gush thus rocks of vessel driven by winds and adverse currents both their force at once obeys and can to neither yield thus wavered Thestius's daughter, dubious thus affection swayed her. Now her rage is calm, now her calmed rage with fourfold fury burns. At length the sisters o'er the parents tie the prevalence obtains. Impiously good with blood her own, she soothes the brethren's shades. Now when the fires destructive fiercely glared, she cried, Here funeral pile, my bowels burn, and as the fatal wood her direful hand held forth. The hapless mother at the pyre sepulchral stood exclaiming, Furies three, avenging sisters, hither turn your eyes. Behold the furious sacred rites I pay, For retribution I commit this crime. By death their death must be avenged, His fault by mine be punished, On their funeral beers his must be laid, One sinning house must fall in woes accumulated. Blessed shall still Aeneas enjoy his proud victorious son, And Thestius childless mourn, better that both should weep in concert dear fraternal ghosts recent from upper air my work behold take to th infernal realms my offering bought so dear the hapless pledge my womb produced ah whither am i swept brothers forgive the parent lo my faltering hands refuse to second my intents well he deserves to perish yet by other hands than mine unpunished shall he scape then Victor live proud of his high success and rule the realm of Caledon, while ye a prostrate throne, a trivial heap of ashes and cold shades patience no more will bear perish the wretch perish his father's hopes perish the realm and all the country perish where oh where is then the mother's soul the pious prayers a parent should prefer where the strong pains which twice five moons i bore oh that the flames first kindled had thy infant limbs consumed would i had not then snatched thee from thy fate thy gift of life is mine now that thou diest thy own demerits ask take the reward thy deeds deserve yield up thy twice given life first in thy birth then by the brand i saved or lay me with my brethren in their tomb i wish yet what i would my hands refuse what will my soul determine now mine eyes the mangled courses of my brethren fill now filial fondness and a mother's name distract my soul. O oh, wretched, wretched me, brothers! You gain the conquest, yet you gain dearly for me. But on your shades I'll wait, blest in what gives you once to me again. She said, with face averse and trembling hand, the fateful brand amid the fires was dropped. The brand a groan deep uttered, or a groan to utter seemed. The flames half backward caught at length their prey, which gradually consumed witless of this sad deed and absent far fierce Maliga, with the selfsame fire burned inward all his vitals felt the flame scorching concealed the excruciating pangs magnanimous he bore yet deep he mourned by such a slothful bloodless fate to fall and happy called anchius in his wounds with deep drawn groans he calls his aged sire his brother sisters and the nymph beloved who shared his nuptial couch with final breath his mother too perchance now glows the fire and now the pains increase now both are faint now both together die the soul flies forth and gently dissipates in empty air lo now lies lofty caledon the youths and aged seniors weep the vulgar crowd and nobles mourn alike the matrons rend their garments beat their breasts and tear their hair stretched on the earth the wretched sire defiles his hoary locks and aged face with dust cursing his lengthened years The conscious hand which caused the direful end the mother's fate accomplished through her vitals pierced the steel had heaven on me an hundred tongues bestowed with sounding voice and such capacious wit as all might fill and all the muses power still should i fail the grieving sisters woe justly to paint heedless of beauteous forms they beat their bosoms livid while the coarse remains they clasp and cherish in their arms the senseless mass the coarse they kiss and kiss the couch on which it rests to ashes burned careful collected in the urn they hug those ashes to their breasts and prostrate thrown his tomb they cover on the graven stone embrace his name and on the letters pour their tears in torrents Diane satiate now the house of aeneas levelled with the dust raised them by wings in air which sudden shot from each their bodies Gorgeous soul, and she the spouse of valiant hercules unchanged were left long pinions for their arms were seen their mouths to horny bills were turned through air thus altered ample range the goddess gives theseus meantime the toil confederate done homeward to pallas's towers his journey bent but Achelous swollen by showery floods delayed his progress famed cecropia's chief he cried here shelter enter my roof nor through the furious torrents trust thy steps whole forests oft they root and whirl along vast rocks with thundering sound high stalls i've seen near to the banks erected swept away nor aught availed the lusty bull's strong limbs nor aught the courser's speed the torrents oft of melted snows which from the mountains rush whelm the strong youths beneath the whirling pool to rest is safer till their wonted banks again the streams confine the lessened waves within their channels pent theseus complies and answers Achilles, we approve thy prudent counsel and thy cave will use the grot they enter hollow pumice mixed with rugged tophus formed it tender moss the moist floor covered fretwork on the roof the purple murex and the scallop white alternate formed now phoebus's steeds had run two-thirds their race when theseus on his couch reclined the comrades of his toil close by pyrethus here drasenian Lelex there whose temples now some silvery hairs displayed with these were such as joyed at such a noble guest the honour deemed worthy to share the barefoot naiad nymphs heaped on the board the banquet food removed they brought the wine in cups with jewels decked the mighty hero then the distant main surveying asks what land is that i see and shows the spot tell me what name denotes that isle and yet methinks not one it seems the river god replies what we behold a single isle is not but five The eye is mocked by distance. That Diana's wrath may less your wonder move. These once were nymphs. Ten bullocks had they sacrificed. And called each rural god to taste the sacred feast. And join the festal chorus. Me alone, forgetful, they invited not. Sore vexed, I swelled with rage. And as my anger rose, my flood increased. Till at my greatest height, woods I divorced from woods. From meadows tore the neighboring meadows. And the naiads rolled. Now well remembering what my godhead claimed down with their habitations to the main my waves then with the ocean's waters joined the land divided and those isles you view echinades amid the sea were formed more distant may your vision reach behold an isle beyond them to my soul most dear by sailors named Perimele. i snatched her virgin treasure from the much-loved maid hippodamus her sire in fury raved and from a precipice the pregnant nymph plunged in the deep my waves received the load and whilst i bore her floating thus i said o trident bearer thou whom lot decreed lord next to heaven o'er all the wandering waves where all the sacred rivers end their course to which all rivers tend o neptune aid propitious hear my prayer much have i wronged the nymph i now support if lenient he and equitable sure hippodamus her sire had pity granted and myself had pardoned gracious neptune grant thy help to her parent's fury from the earth wide banishes." Oh, I beseech thee, grant a place to her, paternal rage would drown, or to a place transform her, where my waves may clasp her still. The ocean god consents, and all his waters shake as nods his head. Still floats the frighted nymph, and as she swims, I feel her heart with trepid motion beat. While pressing fond her bosom, all her form rigidly firm becomes, and round her chest rough earth heaps high. And whilst I wondering speak, a new formed land her floating limbs in clasps her shape transformed a solid isle becomes thus far the watery deity and ceased the wondrous tale all moved save one the son of bold ixion fierce of soul he laughed to scorn their minds so credulous the gods impious contemning as he thus exclaimed what tales o acheloas you relate too much of potence to the gods you grant to give and change our figures all struck dumb, discouraged this bold speech, and Lelex first, mature in age and inexperience old beyond the rest, thus spoke. Celestial power in range is infinite, in sway immense, what the god's will completion instant finds. To clear your doubts, upon the Phrygian hills an ancient oak and neighbouring linden stand, girt by a low enclosure. Either spot surveyed, when into Phrygia's realms dispatched by Pythias, when those realms his father ruled. Not far a lake extends, a space once filled with human habitants, whose waves now swarm with fenny coots and cormorants alone. Here Jove in human shape and with his sire, the son of Meyer came. The last his rod shorn of its wings still bore a thousand doors seeking repose. They knocked at every door firm barred repulsed them. One at length flew wide, a lowly cot, whose humble roof long reeds and straw firm matted covered. Barsis there, a pious dame. And old Philemon, matched in age, had dwelt since joined in springtide youth. And there grew old together, full content their poverty they hid not, and more light their poverty on souls unmurmuring weighed. Here nor for lord nor servant was there need to seek, beneath the roof these only dwelt. Each ordered, each obeyed, the heaven-born guests, the humble threshold crossing, lowly stooped and entrance gained, the ancient host bade sit and rest their wearied limbs. The bench was placed, which baucis anxious for their comfort spread with home-made coverings. Then with careful hand the scarce warm embers on the hearth upturned and roused the sleeping fires of yestern's eve with food of leaves and bark dry parched and fanned to flame the fuel with her aged breath. Then through the small slit faggots and the boughs long withered on the top divided small and placed her brazen vase of scanty size o'er all. Last stripped the colworts outer leaves. Culled by her husband from the watered ground, Which served as garden. He meantime reached down, With two-forked prong, Where high on blackened beam, It hung a paltry portion of an hog, Long hardened there, And from the back he sliced a morsel thin, Which soon he softened down in a boiling steam. The intermediate hours, with pleasing chat, they cheat, The short delay to feel avoiding. On a nail high hung a beech and pail for bathing, By its hand deep curved With tepid water this he filled, And placed before his guests their feet to lave a couch there stood whose feet and frame were formed of willow tender reeds the centre filled with coverings this they spread coverings which saw the light not but when festal days them claimed yet coarse and old were these and such as well with willow couch agreed the gods laid down the dame close-girt with tremulous hand prepared the board two feet were perfect neath the third she thrust a broken sherd, and all stood firm this sloping mended, all the surface clean with fragrant mint she rubbed, and placed in heaps the double tainted fruit of palace, made of unsoiled purity, autumnal fruits, cornels, in liquid lees of wine preserved, endive and radish and the milky curd, with eggs turned lightly o'er a gentle heat, all served in earthen dishes. After these a clay carved jug was set, and beechen and cups, varnished all bright with yellow wax within. Short the delay, when from the ready fire the steaming dishes brought and wine not long pressed from the grape again went round again gave place to see the third remove produced now comes the nut the fig the wrinkled date the plum the fragrant apple and the grape plucked from the purple vine all placed around in spreading baskets snow-white honey filled the central space the prime of all the feast was looks that hearty welcome gave and proved no indigence nor poverty of soul meantime the emptied bowls full oft they see spontaneously replenished still the wine springs to the brim astonished struck with dread to view the novel scene the timid pair their hands upraised devoutly and with prayers excuses utter for their homely treat at unawares required a lonely goose they owned the watchman of their puny farm him would the hosts to their celestial guests a sacred offering make but swift of wing their toiling chase with age retarded long he mocked at length the gods themselves he seeks for sheltering care the gods his death forbid and speak celestials are we both a fate well earned your impious neighboring roofs shall feel to you and unto you alone is given exemption from their lot your cottage leave and tread our footsteps while of yonder mount we seek the loftiest summit each obeys the gods precede them while their tottering limbs a trusty staff supports tardy from years slowly they labor up the long ascent now from the summit wanted they not more than what an arrow shot with strenuous arm at once could gain when back their view they bent their house alone they saw that singly stood all else were buried in a widespread lake wondering at this and weeping at the doom their hapless neighbors suffered lo they see their mouldering cot e'en for the pair too small changed to a temple pillars rear on high in place of crotchets yellow turns the straw the roof seems gilded sculptured shine the gates and marble pavement covers all the floor then saturn's son in these benignant words the pair addressed O ancient man, most just, and thou, O woman, worthy of thy spouse, declare your wishes. Bausus spoke awhile with old Philemon, while their joint desire the latter to the deities declared. To be your ministers, your sacred fane to keep, we ask. And as our equal years in concord we have passed, let the same hour remove us hence. May I her tomb not see, nor be by her interred. The gods comply. These guard the temple through succeeding life filled now with years as on the temple steps they stood conversing on the wondrous change baucis beheld philemon shoot in leaves and leaves philemon saw from baucis sprout and from their heads o'er either's face they grew still while they could with mutual words they spoke at once exclaimed o dearest spouse farewell at once the bark their lips thus speaking closed even yet a tyenean shows two trees of neighbouring growth formed from the altered pair nor dotard credulous nor lying tongue the fact to me related on the boughs myself have seen the votive garlands hung and whilst i offered fresher have i said heaven guards the good with care and those who give the gods due honours honours claim themselves he ceased the deed and author all admire but theseus most whom anxious still to hear more wondrous actions of the mighty gods the stream of caledon as on his arm reclined he rested in these words addressed there are o valiant youth of those once changed still in the new formed figures who remain others there are whose power more wide extends to many shapes to alter proteus thou art one thou habitant of those wide waves which earth beguird now thou a youth appearest and now a lion then a furious boar a serpent next we tremble to approach and then with threatening horns thou seem'st a bull oft as a stone thou liest off stand'st a tree sometimes thy countenance veiled in fluid streams thou flow'st a river sometimes mount'st in flames nor less of power had erysichthon's maid spouse of autolycus her impious sire all the divinities of heaven despised nor on their slighted altars offerings burned he too tis said the cyraelian grove with axe profaned his violating steel the ancient trees attacking mid the rest a huge grown oak in yearly strength robust itself a wood uprose garlands hung round and wreaths and grateful tablets proofs of vows for prospering favours paid the dryad nymphs oft in its shade their festal dances held oft would they clasping hand in hand surround the mighty trunk its girth around to meet full thrice five cubits asked to every tree lofty it seemed as every tree appeared lofty when measured with the plants below yet not for that did erisic hold the biting steel but bade his servants fell the sacred oak lingering he saw them stand his orders unobeyed. impious he snatched from one his weapon and in rage exclaimed what though it be the goddess's favorite care were it the goddess's self down should it fall and bow its leafy summit to the ground he said and poised his axe and aimed oblique deep shuddering shook the cerealian tree and groans were uttered all the leaves grew pale and pale the acorns while the widespread boughs cold sweats bedewed when in the solid trunk his blow ungodly pierced blood flowed in streams from out the shattered bark not flows more full from the deep wound in the divided throat the gore when at the sacred altar's foot a mighty bull an offered victim drops dread seizes all and one most bold attempts to check his horrid wickedness and check the murderous weapon him the villain saw and take he cries the boon thy pious soul merits so well and from the trunk the steel turns on the man, and strikes his head away. Then with redoubled blows the tree assails. Deep from the oak these words were heard to sound. A nymph am I, within this trunk enclosed, most dear to Ceres. In my dying hours prophetic I foresee the keen revenge which will thy deed pursue. And this solace grants comfort even in death. He, undismayed, his fierce design still follows now the tree tottering with numerous blows by straining cords he drags to earth and half the wood below crushed by its weight lies prostrate all astound of her deprived and at their own sad loss the sister dryads clad in sable robes to ceres hasten and for vengeance call on erysichthon to their urgent prayers the beauteous goddess gave assent and shook her locks the motion shook the yellow ears which filled the loaded fields and straight conceived a torture piteous if for pity he for acts like these might look to tear his form by famine's power pestiferous there herself approach forbidden fate long since had doomed Ceres and famine far removed should dwell a mountain nymph she calls and thus directs a region stretches on the extremest bounds of icy scythia dreary seems the place sterile the soil nor trees nor fruits are seen but sluggish cold and pale affright and fear still craving famine there her dwelling holds bid her within the inmost vitals hide of this most daring and most impious wretch the proudest plenty shall not make her yield for in the contest all the power i boast to her shall stoop nor let the lengthened way appall thy mind my car receive receive my dragons through the air their course direct by these long reins speaking the reins she gave she born through ether in the granted car to scythia's realm is carried on the ridge a rugged mountain offered, first she eased the dragon's necks, as Caucasus t'was known. There she the sought-for famine soon espied, eagerly searching on the stony fields, at once with teeth and fangs, for thin-sown herbs. Rough matted were her locks, deep sunk her eyes, pale bleached her face, her lips with whitened slime o'erspread, with furry crust her mouth was rough. Hard was her skin, and through it might be seen her inwards her hollow loins upstood the arid bones a belly's place supplied a belly's form her breasts to hang appeared held only by the chine her fleshless shape each joint in bulk increased rigidly large the knees were swollen and each protruding part immoderately was big then as the nymph from far beheld her for a nigh approach she dreaded what the goddess bade she told though brief her stay though distant far she stood though instant there arrived she felt the power of famine at the sight and turning quick her reins she urged her dragons to their speed in retrograde direction still on high till thessaly they gained famine performs the wish of ceres though her anxious aim is still to thwart her power and borne on winds swift through the air the fated house she finds and instant enters where the inmost walls the sacrilegious wretch enclose in sleep deep buried for night reigned and with her wings him clasping close In all the man she breathed her inspiration, in his throat, his mouth, his chest, and in his unreplenished veins her hunger she infused. The bidden deed complete, she vanished from those verdant fields, and turned her to the needy roofs again, and well-accustomed caverns. Gentle sleep fanned Erisichth and still with soothing wings. Even in his sleep imagined food he craves, and vainly moves his mouth, tires jaw on jaw with grinding his deluded throat with stores impalpable he crams, the empty air greedy devouring for more solid food. But soon his slumbers vanished, then fierce raged insatiate hunger, ruling through his throat and ever-craving stomach. Instant he demands what produce ocean, earth, and air can furnish. Still of hunger he complains before the full-spread tables. Still he seeks victuals to heap on victuals. What might serve a city's population seems for him too scant whose stomach when it loads had gorged for loads still craved the ocean thus receives from all earth's regions every stream all streams united still requiring greedy fire on every offered aliment thus feeds countless supplies of wood consuming more nutrition craving still the more it gains more greedy growing from its large increase so erysichthon's jaws profane rich feasts at once devour at once still more demand all food but stimulates his gust for food in added heaps and eating only seems to leave his more, more empty lessened now in the deep abyss of his stomach huge were all the riches which his sire's bequest had given the direful torment still remained in undiminished strength his belly's fire implacable still raged exhausted now on the cursed craving all his wealth was spent one daughter soul remaining of a sire less impious worthy her the pauper sold her free-born soul a master's sway disclaimed her hands extending to the neighboring main o thou she cried who gained my virgin spoil snatch me from bondage neptune had the maid previous enjoyed nor spurned her earnest prayer she whom her master following close had seen in her own shape but now in manly guise appears in garments such as fishes clothe the master sees and speaks o thou who rules to the trembling reed whose bending wire thy baits conceal so may thy wiles the water aid so may the fish deceived beneath the waves thy hooks detect not till too firmly fixed say thou but where she is who stood but now upon this beach in humble robes arrayed with locks disordered on this shore she stood i saw her but no further mark her feet the aid of neptune well the maid perceived and joys that of herself herself is sought thus his inquiries answering whom thou art i know not studious bent the deep alone and care to drag my prey my eyes employ more to remove thy doubts so may the god who rules the ocean aid my toiling art as here i swear no man upon this shore nor female i accepted has appeared these words the owner credits and the sand treads with returning steps deluded goes and as he goes her former shape returns soon as this changing power the sire perceived the damsel oft he sold now she escapes beneath a mare's resemblance now a bird an heifer now and now a deer she seemed her greedy parents more with food ill-gained supplying when at last his forceful plague had every aid consumed and every aid fresh food afforded to his fierce disease then he commenced with furious fangs to tear for nurture his own limbs life to support by what his body and his life destroyed but why on others transformations dwell Myself, O youths, enjoy a power, my form to alter, not unlimited my range. Now, in the shape at present I assume, anon I writhe beneath a serpent's form, or take the figure of a lordly bull, and wear my strength in horns, while horns I had. Disfigured now, my forehead's side laments one weapon ravished, as you well may see. He spoke, and heavy sighs his words pursued. End of section 16. SECTION 17 OF METAMORPHOSES This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. METAMORPHOSES BY PUBLIUS OVIDIUS NASO OVID TRANSLATED BY J. J. HOWARD THE NINTH BOOK OF THE METAMORPHOSES OF OVID PART 1 The son of Aegeus begs the cause to know whence spring those groans and whence that wounded front. And thus the stream of Caledon replies, his uncombed locks with marshy reeds entwined, a mournful task o warrior you impose for who when vanquished joys to tell the fight where he was worsted yet will i relate in order all vanquished the shame was small the honour great for such a prize to strive and such a conqueror more the mind relieves as e'er the beauteous degenera's name reached to your ears her charms the envied hope of numerous wooers formed mine with the rest as o'er the threshold of my wished-for sire i stepped i hailed him O Parthéon's son, for thine accept me. So Alcides spoke, and all the rest to our pretensions bowed. Of Jove his sire he boasts, and all the fame his acts deserved, and Stepdame's cruel laws final completed. I, who shameful thought that gods should yield to mortals, then a god Alcides was not. Thus his claim opposed. A king of floods behold me, floods which roll with winding current through the land you sway a son in me except no stranger sent from distant regions of your country one part of your rule let it not hurt my claim that juno hates me not that all the toil of slavish orders i have ne'er performed alcmina was his mother let him boast jove is a sire but feigned or if one true is criminally so he claims a sire to prove his mother's infamy then choose say feigned thy origin from jove or fruit of intercourse adulterous own thou art me speaking thus with furious eyes he viewed nor ruled his swelling rage replying fierce more than my tongue i on my arm depend whilst i in fighting gain the palm be thou victor in talking furious on he rushed so proudly boasting to submit i scorned but stripped my sea-green robe my arms opposed and held my firm clenched hands before my breast for stout resistance every limb prepared to meet the fight he in his hollow palms the dust collecting sprinkled me all o'er, and then the yellow sand upon me threw. Now on my neck he seizes, now he grasps my slippery thighs, but only thinks to hold in every part assailing. Still secure in bulk I stand, and he assails in vain. Thus stands a rock which waves with thundering roar surround. It stands unhurt in all its strength. A little we recede, then rush again to join the war. Stoutly our ground we hold, steady resolved to yield not foot to foot fixed firm i prone press with my ample breast and hand with hand with forehead forehead joins so have i seen two mighty bulls contend when each the fairest heifer of the grove expects the arduous struggle to reward the herds behold and tremble witless which the powerful contest shall successful gain thrice while i clasped him close alcides strove to throw me from his breast in vain the fourth he shook me from him and my clasping arms unloosing instant turned me with his hand truth must i speak and heavy on my back he hung if credence may my words demand nor seek i fame through tales of false deceit a mighty mountain on me seemed to weigh scarce were my arms with trickling sweat bedewed loosed from his grasp scarce was my body freed from his hard gripe when panting hard for breath ere i could strength regain my throat he seized then on the earth my knee was pressed my mouth then bit the sand inferior proved in strength to arts i next betook me slipped his hands in form a long round serpent while i rolled in winding spires my body while i shook my forked tongue with hisses dire he laughed and mocked my arts exclaiming snakes to kill i in my cradle knew grant thou excell'st o acaloas others far in size what art thou mated with the hydra's bulk he fertile from his wounds his hundred heads ne'er felt diminished for straightway his neck with two successors braved the stroke again yet him i vanquished with his branching heads from blood produced from every loss more stout him prostrate i threw. what hope hast thou in form fallacious who with borrowed arms now threaten'st whom a form precarious hides he said and fast about my throat he squeezed his nervous fingers choking hard i strove as pincer-like he pressed me to unloose from his tight grasp my neck conquered in this still a third shape the furious bull remained changed to a bull again i waged the war around my brawny neck his arms he threw to left and spite of every effort tried to scape he dragged me down the solid earth deep with my horn he pierced and stretched me prone on the wide sand unsated yet his rage his fierce hand seized my stubborn horn and broke from my maimed front the weapon Nyad nymphs this consecrated filled with fruits and flowers of odorous fragrance and the horn is prized by plenty's goddess as her favorite care he spoke a nymph close-girt like diane's train her ample tresses o'er each shoulder spread entered supporting all of autumn's fruit in the rich horn and mellowest apples came the second course to grace now day appeared the youths when light the loftiest summits touched of the high hills departed waiting not till the rough floods in peaceful channels flowed the troubled currents smoothed profound his head rustic semblance akaloas hides reft of his horn beneath his deepest waves his forehead's honour lost sore galled him all save that was perfect even his forehead's loss with willow boughs and marshy reeds was hid thou too rash nessus through thy furious love of the same virgin thy destruction met pierced through thy body with the feathered dart jove's son returning to his natal soil companioned by his new-made bride approached Ivinus's rapid flood swollen was the stream with wintry showers as wont and raging whirls unfordable proclaimed it him himself fearless yet anxious for his spouse's care nessus approached in strength of limbs secure and knowledge of the fords and thus he spoke her o alcides will i safely bear to yonder bank thou all thy efforts use in swimming straight the theban hero gives the pallid caledonian to his care shivering with dread no less the centaur frights than the rough flood the mighty warrior pressed with his large quiver and the lion's hide for on the bank opposing had he flung his club and curved bow exclaimed the stream my arms will vanquish soon as i essay nor dubious waits but in the torrent leaps not heeding where most tranquil flows the stream but stemming furious all its utmost rage now had he reached the bank now held again the bow flung o'er when loud his spouse's shrieks assailed his ear to nessus whom he saw his trust about betraying loud he cried what vain reliance on thy rapid speed tempts thee to violence o double-shaped i speak regard me to respect my rights should deference to me not move thee think how whirls thy sire and that thy rage may check for wishes unallowed yet hope thou not with courses speed to scape me with my dart not feet will i pursue thee his last words with deeds he guarantees and through and through the flying culprit felt the javelin driven out through his breast the forked weapon stood withdrawn from either wound gushed forth the gore mixed with the venom of lanier's pest this be preserved nor will i unrevenged expire he murmured faintly to himself and gave his raiment in the warm blood dipped a present to the nymph whose spoil he sought to wake again her husband's dormant love long was the intermediate time the deeds of great alcides and his step dame's hate filled all the world meanwhile victor returned from out ecalia when the promised rites to jove Cinean he prepared to pay tattling report who joys in falsehood mixed with circumstantial truth and still the least swells with her lies had in thine ears instilled o degenera that alcmena's son with Iole was smitten ardent love swayed her belief and terror struck to hear of this new flame she melted into tears with them her weeping grief first flowed away but soon she bursted forth why weep i so the harlot will but gladden in my tears but ere she here arrives it me behoves each effort to employ while time now serves to hinder what he seeks whilst yet my couch another presses not shall i complain or rest in silence shall i caledon re-seek or here remain shall i abscond his habitation or if nought else serves strenuous oppose him or if truly bent o oh meliga with a sister's pride thy wicked deeds start vie a witness leave the harlot's throat divided what the rage of woman may accomplish when so wronged in whirls her agitated mind is tossed determining last to send to him the robe in nessus's blood imbued and so restore his waning love witless of what she sends herself to like us as unsuspecting hands the cause of future grief delivers wretch most pitiable she with warm coaxing words instructs the boy to bear her spouse the gift th unwitting warrior takes it and straight clothes his shoulders with echidna's poisonous gore incense he sprinkles in the primal flames he kindles with the flames his prayers ascend as from the goblet he the vintage pours on marble altars hapless by the heat the poison more was quickened by the flame melted it grew more potent wide diffused through all the limbs of hercules it spread still while he could his fortitude as wounds his groans suppressed at last his patience spent fierce from the altar flinging heat his mount so woody with his plaintive shrieks he fills and instant from his limbs the deadly robe essays to tear that where he strips the skin stripped also follows dreadful to describe or to his limbs his utmost struggling vein it clings or bare his lacerated joints and huge bones stand with hissing noise his blood burns as when glowing iron in a pool is dipped so boils it with the venom fierce nor hope of help remained the greedy fires his utmost vitals waste and purple sweat bedews his every limb his scorched nerves crack and whilst his marrow with the latent pest runs fluid high toward heaven his arms he holds exclaiming now saturnia feast thy soul with my destruction joy o savage view from lofty heaven my tortures satiate now thy rancorous soul but if a foe may move commiseration for thy foe i am take hence this life grievous through direful pains hateful to thee and destined first for toils death now would be a boon and such a boon a stepdame might confer have i for this busiris slain who drenched the temples deep with traveller's blood for this antaeus robbed of nutriment parental did thy bulk of triple form swain of iberia fright or thou three-headed cerberus me move wrought i for this in ellis at the lake of Stymphalus, and in parthenian woods did not my valour seize the golden belt of thermodon's brave queen the apples gain ill-guarded by sleeping dragon's care could the fierce centaur me resist or could the mighty boar that laid arcadia waste and what availed the hydra that he grew from every loss in double strength revived how saw i not the thracian coursers gorged with human gore whose stalls with mangled limbs crowded i overthrew and slew their lord on his slain coursers strangled by these hands Nemea's monster lies heaven i upbore upon these shoulders the fierce wife of jove wearied at length with bidding i untired still was of acting but at length behold a new-found plague which not the bravest soul nor arms nor darts can aught resist fierce fire darts through my deepest inwards all my limbs greedy devouring yet eurystheus lives still are there who the deities believe he said and o'er high eat he tortured roved like a mad tiger when the hunter's dart stands in his body and the wounder flies oft would you see him groaning storming oft oft straining from his limbs again to fling the vest trees rooting up against the hill's fierce railing next up to his father's skies his arms extending lo he lycas like spies where trembling in a hollow rock he hides then all his fury in its utmost strength raging he cried thou likest, thou supplied this deadly gift thou art the author then of my destruction shuddering he and pale in timid accents strove excuse to plead speaking and round his knees prepared to cling Alcides seized him, with an engine's force whirled round and round, and hurled him in the waves, which by Euboea roll. Here's he shot through air was hardened, as the falling showers concrete by freezing winds whence snow is formed. As snows by rolling, their soft bodies join, conglomerating into solid hail. So ancient times believed, the boy thus flung through empty air by strong Alcides' arm, bloodless through fear, and all his moisture drained, changed to a flinty rock. A rock in now, high in euboea's gulf exalts its head, Which still of human form the marks retains, which as though still of consciousness possessed, the sailors fear to tread, and like us call. Thou, Jove's renowned offspring, felled the trees which lofty Eti bore, And built a pile, then bade the son of Pean bear thy bow, thy mighty quiver and thy darts to view once more the realm of Troy, And through his aid the flames were placed below, whose greedy spires seized on the structure on the woody top thou laid'st the hide Nemean, and thy head supported with thy club with brow serene as though with garlands circled at a feast thou laid'st mid goblets filled with sparkling wine now the strong fires spread wide o'er every part crackling and seizing his regardless limbs who them despised the gods beheld with fear the earth's avenger jove who saw their care with joyous countenance thus the powers addressed this fear o deities makes glad my heart and lively pleasure swells in all my breast that sire and sovereign o'er such grateful minds i hold my sway since to my offspring too your favoring care extends no less tis true his deed's stupendous claim still i'm obliged but from your anxious breast spanish vain fear despise those flames of ete he who all o'ercame shall conquer even the flames you see nor shall the power of vulcan aught consume save his maternal part what he derived from me is ever during safe from death and never vanquished by the force of fire that will receive his earthly race complete amidst the heavenly host and all i trust my actions gladly will approve should one haply with grief see hercules a god and grudge the high reward even he shall grant his great deserts demand it and allow unwilling approbation all assent not even his royal spouse's forehead wore a frown at aught he said his final words irked her at length to be so plainly marked vulcan meantime each corruptible part bore off in flames nor could Alcides' form remaining now be known naught he retained of what his mother gave jove's share alone A serpent revels thus in glittering scales his age and former skin thrown off at once so when tyrinthius from his mortal limbs departed in his better part he shone increased in stature and majestic grace augustly decked his venerable brow veiled in a hollow cloud and borne along by four swift steeds in a high car the sire him placed in glory mid the radiant stars atlas perceived his load increased nor yet eurystheus baited in his rancorous hate but cruel exercised his savage rage against the offspring of the sire aboard but now alcmena worn with constant cares in argolus to Iole confides her aged plaints to her the labours tells her son achieved or all the wide world known and her own griefs beside Alcides' words caused Hellas to his couch to take, and take Ioli cordial to his inmost heart. And now with generous fruit, the nymph was large. Alcmena, thus to her, commenced her tale. May thee at least the favoring gods indulge, and all delay diminish when matured. Thou to shall have need to call, who o'er travailing mothers bears the rule, whom Juno's influence made so hard to me of hercules toil-bearing now the birth approached and in the tenth sign ruled the sun a mighty bulk swelled out my womb so huge well might you know that jove the load had caused nor could i longer bear my throes my limbs cold rigors seize while now i speak my pains part even in memory now i seem to feel through seven long nights and seven long days with pangs incessant was i racked my arms to heaven stretching i called lucina and the powers without cries mighty True Lucina came, but came by Juno prepossessed and bent my life to sacrifice to Juno's rage. Soon as my groans she hearkened, down she sat upon the altar, placed without the gates. Neath her right ham, her left knee pressing, joined fingers with fingers crossed upon her breast, my labour stayed, and spellful words she spoke in whispering tone. The spellful words delayed the approaching birth. I strain and madly rave with vain upbraidings to ungrateful Jove, and crave for death in such expressions plain as hardest flints might move the theban dames around me throng assist me with their prayers and me my trying pains exhort to bear galanthus one who tended me of race plebeian yellow-haired and sedulous what ordered to perform and much esteemed for courteous deeds she first suspected what i know not somewhat formed by juno's peak and while she constant passed now to now fro she saw the goddess on the altar sit girding her arms with close-knit fingers o'er her knees and said o dame whoe'er thou art our mistress gratulate alcmina now argolican is lightened now the prayers of the child-bearer meet her hopes the dame who rules the womb straight from her station leaped and all astounded her clenched fingers loosed i in that moment felt my bonds undone galanthus they report the goddess mocked thus cheated by her laughter savage she dragged her so laughing by the tresses seized and forced her down to earth as up she strove erect to rise and to four feet her arms transformed the same agility remains her back its colour keeps her form alone is diverse she cause then her lying mouth my birth assisted by her mouth still bears and round my house she harbours as before she said and by the memory moved she mourned for her lost servant whom lamenting thus her child-in-law addressed if then the form altered of one an alien to your blood o oh mother thus affects you let me tell the wondrous fortune which my sister met though grief and tears will frequent choke my words her mother Dryope alone could boast me to my sire another bore her charms he thalia all confessed whom rifled first of virgin charms when passively she felt his force who delphos and who delos rules and took. And held a happy spouse. A lake expands with steep and shelving shores encompassed. Myrtles crown the rising bank. Here Dryope of fate unconscious came, and what must more commiseration move, came to weave chaplets for the naiad nymphs. Her arms sustained her boy, a pleasing load, his first year scarce complete, as with warm milk she nourished him. The watery lotus there, for promised fruit in Tyrian splendour bright, grew flowering near. The flowers my sister cropped. And held them to delight her boy and i for there i stood the same prepared to do but from the flowers red flowing drops i saw and all the boughs with tremulous shuddering shook doubtless it is but far too late we learned by the rough swains nymph lotus when she fled from priapus obscene her shape transformed into this tree which still retains her name my sister witless of this change in fright would back retreat and leave the nymphs adored but roots her feet retain these from the ground she strains to rend but save her upper limbs nought can she move a tender bark grows o'er the lower parts and her mid limbs invades this seeing and her locks to rend away attempting her raised hand with leaves was filled leaves covered all her head amphisus found his grandsire had the child amphisus named his mother's breasts grow hard nor when he sucked lacteal fluid gained he i there stood of her sad fate's spectator lard i cried but oh my sister aid i could not bring yet what i could i urged the growing trunk and growing boughs my close embraces stayed in the same bark i glad had been enclosed lo come her spouse dreamon and her sire so wretched and for dryope they seek a lotus as for dryope they ask i show them to the yet warm woods salutes ardent they give and prostrate spread the roots they clasp of their own tree now sister dear nought save thy face but what a tree becomes thy tears the leaves thy body formed bedew and now while stable while her mouth yet gives to words a passage such like plaints as these she breathes if faith unhappy air can claim i swear by all the deities this deed i never merited without a crime my punishment i suffer innocent my life has been if i deceive may drought parch those new leaves and by the hatchet felled may fire consume me yet this infant bear from those maternal branches to a nurse transfer him but contrive that oft he comes and neath my boughs let him his milk imbibe and neath my boughs sport playful when with words able to hail me let him me salute and sorrowing say within that trunk lies hid my mother but the lake so oh, let him dread nor dare from any tree to snatch a flower but think each shrub he sees a god contains adieu dear husband sister dear adieu father farewell if pious cares you feel from the sharp axe defend my boughs And from the browsing flocks and now as fate denies to lean my arms to yours your arms advance approach my lips whilst you my lips may touch and to them lift my infant boy more words i may not now the tender bark my neck so white invades my utmost summit hid move from my lids your fingers for the bark so rapid growing will my dying eyes without assistance close the lips to speak cease and existence ceases the fresh boughs long in the altered body warm were felt while Iole the mournful fact relates, and while Alcmena from Eurytus's maid with ready fingers dried the tears, herself still weeping, lo a novel deed assuaged their grief. For Iolaus, scarcely youth, his cheeks with tender down just covered, stands within the porch to early years restored. Junonian Hebe by her husband's prayers o'ercome to Ioleus gave the boon, who when to vow she went that future times should none such gift-enjoying e'er perceive was checked by themis now all thebes she said discordant warfare moves through jove alone Capaneus can be conquered mutual wounds shall slay the brothers in the yawning earth a living prophet his own tomb shall see a son avenger of his parents death upon his parent impious for the deed at once and pious at the action stunned exiled from home and from his senses driven the fury's faces and his mother's shade shall haunt him till his wife the fatal gold shall ask and till the phaegean sword shall pierce their kinsman's side caliroe then the nymph from achaloas sprung suppliant shall seek from jove her infant's years mature may gain moved by her prayers jove will from thee demand son's spouse and daughter of his wife the boon and unripe men thou'lt make the youths become while Themis thus, with fate foretelling lips this spoke, the gods in murmuring grudgings mourned, angry why others might not grant the gift. Aurora mourned her husband's aged years, mild Ceres plained that Jason's hairs were white. Vulcan, for Ericthonius prayed an age renewed, in Venus future cares employed, anxious for promise that Anchises' years replenishment might find, and every god had whom he loved, and dark sedition grew from special favour till the mighty sire the silence broke if reverence i may claim where rashly rush ye which of you the power fate to control possesses fate it was gave Iolaus youth restored again by fate caliroe's sons ere long shall spring to manhood prematurely nor can arms nor yet ambition gain this gift with souls more tranquil bear this since you see the fates me also rule could i the fates once change old age should never bend iacus down and rhadamanthus had perpetual spring of youth enjoyed with minos now despised through load of bitter years nor reigns as wont jove's words the deities all moved not one longer complained when heavy pressed with years they hiarchus and rhadamanthus saw and minos who when in his prime of age made mightiest nations tremble at his name he feeble then at deione's son miletus trembled who with youthful strength and phoebus's origin proud swoln and known about to rise against his rule yet him he dared not from his household roof to drive but thou miletus fledst spontaneous thou the aegean waves in thy swift ship didst pass and on the asian land the walls didst found which bear the builder's name seance here meander's daughter whose recurving banks she often trod whose stream itself reseeks so oft in beauteous form by thee was known and clasped by thee a double offspring came Biblis and Kaunus. From the warm embrace. End of section seventeen. Section eighteen of Metamorphoses. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Metamorphoses by Publius Ovidius Naso. Ovid. Translated by J. J. Howard. The ninth book of the Metamorphoses of Ovid. Part two. Let Biblis warn that nymphs should ne'er indulge illicit warmth. Her brother Biblis loved, not as she ought, not with a sister's soul. No fires at first, the maid suspected, naught of sin. The thought that oft her lips to his she wished to join, and clasp her arms around his neck fraternal, long herself deceived, beneath the semblance of a duteous love. Love gradual bends to him her soul. She comes fully adorned to see him, anxious pants, beauteous to seem. If one more beauteous there she sees, invidious she that face beholds still to herself unconscious was her love no wish she formed beneath that burning flame yet all within was fire she called him lord now kindred's name detesting anxious more biblis than sister he should call her still yet waking ne'er her soul durst entertain lascivious wishes when relaxed in sleep then the loved object oft her fancy saw oft seemed her bosom to his bosom joined yet blushed she tranced in sleep her slumbers fly she lies a while in silence and revolves her dream and thus in doubting accents speaks ah wretch what means this dream of silent night which yet i oft would wish why have i known this vision envy's eyes must own him fair and but his sister am i all my love he might possess worthy of all my love A sister's claim then hurts me oh at least while tempted thus i wakeful nought commit let sleep oft visit with such luscious dreams no witness sees my sleeping joys my joys though sleeping yet are sweet o venus o thou feathered cupid with thy tender dame what transports i enjoyed what true delight me thrilled how lay i all my soul dissolved how joys it me to trace in mind again the pleasure though so brief for flying night invidious checked enjoyment in the bud o carnes that an altered name might join us closely that thy sire a sire-in-law to me might be o Canus, how I'd joy wert thou not son but son-in-law to mine would that the gods had all in common given save parents only thou in lofty birth i would should me excel o beauteous youth a mother whom thou'lt make i know not i ne'er can thee know but with a sister's love parents the same as thine my hapless lot all that i have me only pains the more what are to me my visions wait have dreams how much more happy are the mortal gods the gods embrace their sisters saturn clasps ops joined to him by blood ocean enjoys his sister Tethys, and olympus's king his juno god's peculiar laws possess why seek i then celestial rights to bring diverse with human ordinance to compare forbidden love shall from my breast be driven or that impossible may death me seize instant and cold upon my couch outstretched my brother then may kiss me as i lie yet still my wish double consent requires grant i should yield still might the deed to him seem execrable yet the Aeolian youth the sister's nuptial couch ne'er dreaded why oh why on this so dwell why thus recall examples to my view where am i born hence flames obscene hence far a sister's love and that alone my brother shall enjoy but had his soul first burned for me perchance i had indulged his passion surely then i may demand who would not asked refuse what couldst thou speak couldst thou confess thy flame love forces and i can if shame my lips close binds yet secret letters may disclose the hidden flame with this idea pleased these words her hesitating mind resolved raised on her side supported by her arm he shall she said now know it all my love preposterous confessed alas what depth now rush i to what fire has seized my soul and then with tremulous hand the words composed her right hand grasps the style the left sustains the waxen tablet smooth and then begins she doubts she writes condemns what now she wrote corrects erases alters now dislikes and now approves now throws the tablet by then seizes it again Irresolute, what she would whate'er is done displeases all shame and audacious boldness in her face are mingled sister once her hand had wrote but sister soon has seen her hand erased And her fair tablet bore such words as these to thee a lover salutation sends and health which only thou to her canst give ashamed she blushes to disclose her name for should i press to gain my wished desire without my name my cause i trust would find successful aid let Biblis not be known till certain hopes of bliss her mind shall cheer yet faded color leanness and pale face with constant dripping eye and rising sobs show my unhidden grief well might these prove to thee an index of a wounded heart my constant clasping numerous fond salutes if e'er thou'st marked thou well might have perceived not sister-like embracings in my soul though this deep wound i bear though in my breast this fire-consuming burns yet strive i all witness ye gods my truth all to suppress and act with wiser conduct hapless war long have i waged against cupid's furious rule more pressure have i borne than what a maid could e'er be thought to bear at length or come and forced to yield thy help i must implore with trembling voice thou only canst preserve thou only canst the loving nymph destroy with thee the choice remains no foe thus sues but one by nearest ties to thee conjoined pants to be joined more nearly linked to thee with closest bands let aged seniors learn our laws and seek what moral codes permit what is permitted and what is denied let them inquire and closely search the laws a bolder love more suits our growing years as yet we know not what the laws allow and judge for all things we free leave enjoy. the example following of the mighty gods nor parents stern nor strict regard for fame nor timid thoughts should check us absent all should be each cause of fear the dear sweet theft beneath fraternal love may be concealed with thee in secret converse i may speak embrace thee kiss thee in the open crowd how little then remains PITY FORGIVE THE DECLARATION OF THIS LOVE, ne'er TOLD HAD RAGING FIRE NOT URGED IT, NOR ALLOW UPON MY TOMB THIS CAUSE OF DEATH TO STAND. HERE THE FILLED TABLET CHECKED HER HAND, IN VAIN THUS WRITING, AT THE UTMOST EDGE of THE LINES, BUT STAYED. HER CRIME STRAIGHTWAY SHE FIRMLY PRESSED, WITH HER CARVED GEM, AND MOISTENED IT WITH TEARS. HER TEARS OF UTTERANCE ROBBED HER. BASHFUL THEN SHE CALLED A PAGE, AND BLANDISHING IN FEAR EXCLAIMED, THOU FAITHFUL BOY, THIS BILLET BEAR and hesitated long ere more she said ere to my brother bear it as she gave the tablet from her trembling hand it fell the omen deep disturbed her yet she sent a chosen hour the servant sought went forth and gave the secret message sudden rage the youth meandrian petrified and down the half-red lines upon the ground he flung his hand scarce holding from the trembling face of the pale messenger quick fly he cried thou wicked pander of forbidden lust fly while thou mayest and no had not thy fate involved our modest name death hadst thou found he terrified escapes and backward bears to his young mistress all fierce spoke pale thou o biblis heardst the rough repulse thy breast with frigid chills beset but soon her spirits rally and her furious love returns scarce to the trembling air her tongue can utterance give in these indignant words Deservedly mourn I, who so rashly gave him of my wounds the conscious tale to learn. Why trust so soon to words, what still might hid, remain, on tablets hastily composed? Why were not first the wishes of my soul tried in ambiguous hints? First sure I ought whence the wind blew, have marked, nor loosed my sails, him flying to pursue, and the wide main in all directions plough, now bellies out my canvas, not a single course explored hence am i borne against the rocks hence whelmed in the wide depth of ocean nor my sails know i to tack returning did not heaven check the indulgence of my love by marks obvious to all when from my hand down dropped the tablet which the boy was bad to bear marked that my falling hopes not more deferred thy wishes or the day should sure have been surely the day for heaven itself me warned and certain signs me gave but those my mind stupid neglected personal my words should i have urged nor trusted to the wax in person should my love have been displayed then had my tears been seen then had he viewed my raptured countenance then had i spoke far more than power of letters can convey my arms around his neck i then had thrown howe'er unwilling and had he been coy in dying posture i his feet had clasped and stretched before him life demanding all had i achieved perchance though by the boy my messenger commissioned i have failed aptly perhaps he entered not perhaps and much i fear improper hours he chose nor sought a vacant time when nought his mind disturbed this has alas my hopes destroyed for from a tiger caunus sprung not round his heart not solid steel nor rigid flint nor adamant is girt nor has he sucked the lioness's milk he shall be bent and gained his heart shall be nor will i brook the smallest bar to what i undertake While now this spirit holds, my primal wish, if it were given I might revoke my deeds, is I had ne'er commenced, my second now is that I persevere in what's begun. For should I now my wishes not pursue, still must he of those daring wishes think, and should I now desist, well might he judge, formed lightly my desires, or planned to try his virtue, and involve in snares his fame Or dreadful think me not by love o'ercome, who burns and rages fiercely in my breast but by hot lust for now concealed no more my guilty act can be i've written once once have i asked corrupted all my soul should further no depravity ensue guilty i must be called what more remains in crime is little but in hope immense she said and such the wavering of her breast that whilst the trial grieves her which she made farther to try she wishes every bound or passing and with luckless fate her suit still meets repulsion He, when endless seemed her pressing, fled his country and the crime, and in a foreign region raised new walls. Then, daughter of Miletus, they report, forsook thee all thy senses. Then, in truth, thou rent thy garments from thy breast, thy breast thy furious hands hard smote. Now to the world madly she raves, now to the world displays her wished-for love denied, all hope, despair. She too forsook her country, and the roof so hated and the vagrant steps pursued her flying brother trod as thracius dames o son of semele thy thyrsus shake when celebrating thy triennial rites so did the carian matron's Biblis see fly o'er the wide-spread fields with shrieks and howls these left behind o'er caria's plains she runs and through the warlike lilegies and through the lycian realms now cragos had she left and lymyrae and xanthus's waves behind with the high ridge chimera lifts who burns central with flames his breast and front fierce armed a lion toward his tail a serpent formed now all the forests past thou Biblis, faint with long pursuit fall'st flat on the hard ground thy locks are spread dumb now thou liest thy face presses the fallen leaves oft in their arms so delicate the lelejean nymphs to raise thee up attempted oft they strove to give advice that might thy love control and offer solace to thy deafened ear Still silent Biblis lies, and with her nails rends the green herbage, moistens all the grass with rivulets of tears, and here they say the naiad nymphs their bubbling art supplied. Near drought to know, more to afford their power sure could not. Straightway, as the pitchy drops flow from the fir's cleft bark, from solid earth as stiff bitumen oozes, or as streams by cold congealed, Thaw with the southern wind and warming sun, Phoebe and Biblis so by her own tears exhausted, was transformed. A fount becoming which still in that veil neath the dark ilex springing keeps her name now had the rumor of this wondrous change spread rapid through the hundred towns of crete but crete had lately seen a wondrous change in her own clime in Iphis's altered form there in the festian land near in gnosis's realm was Lygdus born a man of unknown fame but a plebeian of unblemished worth nor had he more than noble stock estate yet unimpeached for honesty his life he thus the ears of his then pregnant spouse addressed when near her bearing time approached two things my wishes bound first that thy pains may lightly press next that a male thou bring'st more burdensome are females strength to them nature denies then if by fate ordained to give a female birth which i detest unwilling i command o piety excuse it let the babe to death be given he said and tears profuse the cheeks bedew of him who bade and her who heard his words still Telethusa to the latest hour with vain petitions strives her spouse to move that thus he should not straighten so his hopes firm to his purpose lygda stood and now scarce could the heavy weight her womb sustain when in the silent space of night in sleep entranced or isis stood before her bed or seemed to stand surrounded by the pomp to her belonging on her forehead shone the lunar horns and yellow wheats then bound in golden radiance with a regal crown with her anubis barker came and came bubastis holy apis various marked he who the voice suppresses and directs to silence with his finger timbrels loud osiris never sought enough and snakes of foreign lands full of somniferous gall to her the goddess thus as raised from sleep she seemed and manifest each object stood O votry Telethusa, fling aside thy weighty cares, thy husband's mandates cheat, nor waver when Lucina helps thy pains. Save it, whate'er it be. The goddess I, assisting, still give aid when rightly claimed. Nor will it e'er thee grieve to have adored an ingrate goddess. Thus, as she advised, she vanished from the bed. The Cretan dame rose from the couch o'erjoyed, and raising high to heaven her guiltless hands, prayed that her dream on truth was founded. Now her pains increased and now her burthen forced itself to air a daughter came but to the sire unknown the mother bade them rear it as a boy and all a boy believed it none the truth the nurse accepted knew glad prayers the sire offers and from its grandsire is it named Iphis, the grandsire's appellation joyed the mother hears the name which either sex may claim and none in that at least deceived the lie lay hid beneath a pious fraud the robes were masculine the face was such as beauteous boy or beauteous girl might own and now three annual sons the tenth had passed thy father Iphis had to thee betrothed ianthe yellow-haired nymph most admired amongst all the festians for her beauteous charms telestes of dictyre was her sire equal in age and equal in fair form the self-same masters taught the early arts suiting their years their unsuspecting minds were both by love thus touched in both was fixed an equal wound but far unlike their hopes ianthe for a spouse impatient looks with nuptial tortures whom a man she thinks that spouse she hopes will be Iphus too loves despairing what she loves e'er to enjoy this still the more her love augments and burns a virgin for a virgin scarce from tears refraining what she cries for me remains what will the issue be What cure for this new love unknown to all who prodigies possess in this desire? If the high gods me wish to spare, straight should they me destroy. Yet would they me destroy, they should have given a curse more natural, a more usual fate. Love for an heifer ne'er an heifer moves, nor burns the mare for mares, rams follow ewes. The stag pursues his female, birds thus join, nor animal creation female shows with love of female seized. Would none were I, but lest all monstrous love's crete might not show soul's daughter chose a bull even that was male with female yet if candidly i speak my passion wilder far than hers appears she hoped for love pursued by fraud enjoyed beneath an heifer's form the adulterous spark deceiving be from every part of earth assembled here the skill let daedalus hither on waxen wings rebend his flight what could all aid Could all their learned art change me from maid to youth? Or all to thee, I aunt thee, but why resolute thy mind not fix? Why, Iphis, thus thyself forget, these stupid wishes driving hence, and thoughts so unavailing? Lo, what thou wast born, save thou wouldst also thine own breast deceive. What is allowed, behold, and as a maid may love, love only. Hope first snatched by love, love feeds on still. From thee all hope is born no guardians thee debar the dear embrace nor watchful husbands care no sire severe nor she herself denies thy pressing prayers yet art thou still forbid though all agree to reap the bliss though gods and men unite behold too, all my votive prayers succeed the favoring gods whate'er i prayed have given my sire and hers and even herself comply but nature far more strong denies alone me irking with refusal lo arrives the wished-for hour the matrimonial light approaches when ianthe will be mine and yet far from me in the midst of waves for thirst i perish nuptial juno why comest thou o hymen to these rites where none leads to the altar but where both are led here stayed her speech nor lest the other nymph burned and o hymen prayed thy quick approach but what she wishes who's dreads and searches for delays feigned sickness oft prolongs the time oft omens dire and dreams now all her artful fictions are consumed and now the long protracted period came for nuptial rites and but one day remained she from her own and daughter's head unbinds the fillets and with locks dishevelled clasps the altar crying isis thou who dwellst in paritonium mariotis's fields in pharos and the sevenfold mouths of nile help me i pray relieve my trembling dread thee goddess once i saw and with thee all those images beheld them all i know thy train thy torches and thy timbrels loud and with a mindful soul thy words i marked that she enjoys the light that i myself not sinful suffer to thy counsels we and admonitions owe oh, piteous both grant us thy helping aid tears followed words straight seemed the goddess altars as all to shake and shake they did trembled the temple's doors The lunar horns blazed bright, the timbrels rung. Forth goes the mother of the omen glad, yet not in faith secure. Iphis pursues his mother with a step more large than wont. The snow-like whiteness quits his face, his strength increases, fiercer frowns his forehead wears. shortened his uncombed locks, more vigour now than as a nymph he felt. For thou a boy now art, so late a female, bear thy gifts straight to the temple, and in faith rejoice. Straight to the temple they their offerings bore, and on them this short poem was inscribed Iphis, a boy, the offerings pays, which made Iphis had vowed. The following sun illumed the wide world with his rays, when Venus came, Juno and Hymen, to the genial fires, and the boy Iphis his Ianthe clasped. End of section 18. section 19 of metamorphoses this librivox recording is in the public domain metamorphoses by publius Ovidius naso ovid translated by j j howard the tenth book of the metamorphoses of ovid part one thence hymen in his saffron vesture clad through the vast air departs and seeks the land Siconian, by the voice of orpheus called vainly came indeed but with him brought no wonted gratulations no glad face nor happy omen and the torch he bore crackled in hissing smoke nor gathered flame from whirling motion still more dire the vent proved than the presage as the new-made bride attended by a train of naiad nymphs roved through the grass a serpent's fangs her heel pierced and she instant died her when long mourned in upper air the rhodopeian bard ventured to seek in shades and dead descend through the tenerean cave to stygia's realms mid shadowy crowds and buried ghosts he goes to proserpine and him who rules the shades with sway ungrateful there he strikes the strings responsive to his words and this is song gods of this subterraneous world where all of mortal origin must come permit that i the truth declare no tedious tales of falsehood will i tell here came i not your dusky hell to view nor to o'ercome the triple-throated Medusian beast, snake-haired, my wife alone my journey caused, whose heel a trampled serpent, venomed, stung, snatched in her bloom of years. Much did I wish my loss to bear, nor aught forbore to strive, but love o'ercame. Well do the upper gods that deity confess. In dart I stand, if here too he is known, but here I judge his power is felt. The ancient rape, if true, proves love even you first joined. You, I implore, by all those regions filled with dread, by this chaos immense, your ample realm all filled with silence, once again the thread renew, Eurydice too hasty lost. To you we all belong, a little while we stay, then soon or late to one repose we haste. All hither tend, this is our final home. You hold o'er human kind a lengthened reign. She too, when once her years mature are filled, to you again must by just right belong. I then request her only as a loan, but should the fates this favor me refuse, certain I'll ne'er return. Two deaths enjoy. The bloodless shadows wept as thus he sung and struck the strings in concord with his words. Nor Tantalus at flying waters caught, nor rolled Ixion's wheel. The liver gnawed the birds not. Rested on their empty urns the Belides, and Sisyphus thou satst upon thy stone nay fame declares then first vanquished by song the furies felt their cheeks wetted with tears nor could the royal spouse nor he who rules deep darkness him withstand thus praying and eurydice is called amid the recent dead she walked and still halted with tardy steps from her late wound her when the bard of thrace received this law received he also that his eyes reverse he should not bend till past Avernus' realms else he'd the granted favour useless find in silence mute through the steep path they climb dark difficult and thick with pitchy mist nor far earth's surface wanted they to gain the lover here in dread lest she should stray and anxious to behold bent back his sight and instant back she sunk as forth his arms he stretched to clasp expecting and be clasped unhappy nought but fleeting air he held twice dying she can nought her spouse condemn for how blame him because too much he loved she gives her last farewell which scarce his ears received then sinks again to shades below orpheus thus doubly of his spouse despoiled all stunned appeared not less than he who saw in wild affright the triple-headed dog chained by the midmost fear him never fled till fled his former nature sudden stone on all his body seizing or than he Olenus, when the crime upon himself he took, and guilty wished to seem, with thee, hapless Lethea, confident in charms, once breast to breast you joined, now join as stones, which watery Ida bears. Beseeching vain, and wishing once again the stream to pass, the ferryman denies. Then on the bank, in squalid guise, he sat, nor tasted food for seven long days. His cares, and grieving soul, and tears were all the sustenance he knew. Cruel, he called the gods of Erebus, and to high Rhodope himself betook, and lofty Hemus by the north wind beat. Thrice had the sun the year completed, each by watery Pisces ended. Orpheus still fled every female's love, or his deep woe made him so cold, or faithful promise given. Yet crowds there were who wished the bards embrace, and crowds with sorrow saw their love repulsed. A hill there rose, and on its summit spread a wide extended plain with herbage green, shade to the place was wanting hither came the heaven-born poet seated him and touched his sounding strings and straight a shade approached nor wanted there caonian trees nor groves of poplars nor the acorns spacious leaves the linden soft the beech the virgin bay the brittle hazel and spear-forming ash the knotless fir ilex with fruit low bowed the genial plain the maple various stained stream-loving willow and the watery lote box of perpetual green slight tamarisk two tainted myrtle and the laurestine with purple berries thou too ivy cam'st hither with flexile feet together flocked grape-bearing vines and elms with vines entwined wild ash and pitch tree and arbutus bent with loads of ruddy fruit the pliant palm mead of the conqueror the pine close bound about its boughs but at its summit shagged Dear to the mother of celestial powers, since Attis Sibyllian was transformed, and in the trunk a rigid tree became. In form pyramidal amid the crowd the cypress came, now tree but once a boy, dear to the god who rules the lyre's fine cords and rules the bowstring. Once was known a stag sacred to nymphs that own Carthia's fields, who bore upon his head a lofty shade from his wide-spreading horns. His horns bright shone with gold, his collar with bright gems bedecked, fell o'er his shoulders, from his round neck hung. A silver boss, by slender reins controlled, moved o'er his brow. A brazen pair the same, shone o'er his temples, hanging from his ears. Devoid of fear, his nature's timid dread relinquished, oft the houses would he seek, and oft would gently fondling stoop his neck, heedless who stroked him. cyperissus thou beyond all others prized the sacred beast. Thou fairest far amongst the sea and youths, Thou to fresh pastures ledst the stag, to streams of cooling fountains, oft his horns entwined with variegated garlands, horsemanlike now on his back thou pressest, and now here, now there thou rulest his soft jaws with the reins of purple tinge. T'was once in midday heat, when burnt the bent claws of the seashore crab, in soul's fierce vapour, on the grassy earth the weary stag reposed his limbs, and drew cool breezes from the tree's umbrageous shades here the boy cyparasus careless flung his painted dart and fixed it in his side who when he from the cruel wound beheld him dying instant bent his mind to die what consolation did not phoebus speak urging the loss far slighter grief deserved yet mourned he still and from the gods supreme begged this last gift to latest times to mourn his blood in constant tears exhausted now his limbs a green hue take his locks which late hung o'er his snowy forehead rough become in frightful bushiness and hardening quick shoot up to heaven in form a slender spire the mourning god in grief exclaimed by me bemoaned thou shalt with others always grieve and henceforth mourners shalt thou still attend thus did the bard a wood collect around and in the midst he sat of thronging beasts and crowding birds the chords he amply tried with his impulsive thumb and varied much in sound he found their notes concordant still then to this song raised his melodious voice o parent muse from jove derive my song all yields to jove's dominion oft my verse before the mightiness of jove has sung i sung the giants in a strain sublime and vengeful thunders or flagrious plains scattered a tender theme now claims my lyre i sing of youths by deities beloved and nymphs who with forbidden wishes burned and met the doom their sensual lusts deserved the king of gods made phrygian ganymede his favourite but some other form possessed jove must in shape be something else than jove he deems no form becomes him save the bird that bears his thunder instant all is done the phrygian borne away the air he beats with his feigned wing and now this youth the cup of nectar hands in juno's spite to jove son of amycla Thee had Phoebus placed also the skies amidst, had fate allowed for such position place. Yet still thou hold'st eternal what fate grants. Oft as the spring winter repulses, and the ram succeeds the watery fishes, thou spring'st forth in flower mid the green sward. Beyond all else, my sire thee loved, and Delphos, placed in midmost earth, wanted its ruling power, whilst now the god Eurotus loved, and Sparta unentrenched. Nor lyre nor dart's attention claimed as wont of dignity unmindful he not spurns to bear the nets to curb the hounds to climb with the full train the steepest mountain's ridge and every toil augments his pleasure more now had the sun the midmost point near gained twixt flying night and night approaching each distant in equal space when from their limbs they flung their robes with the fat olives juice their bodies shone they entered in the lists of the broad disk which phoebus first well poised then flung through lofty air opposing clouds flying it cleft at length on solid earth it pitched displaying skill with strength combined instant the rash tinarian boy impelled by love of sport sprung on to snatch the orb but the hard ground repulsive in thy face o hyacinth it flung pale as the boy the god appeared he raised his fainting limbs and in his arms now cherishes now wipes the fatal wound now stays his fleeting breath with herbs applied but all his arts are vain incurable the hurt just so when broke the violet poppy or the lily hang whose dark stems in a watered garden spring flaccid they instant droop the weighty head no longer upright raised but bent to earth so bent his dying face his neck bereft of vigour heavy on his shoulder laid phoebus exclaimed fall'st thou ebalian youth deprived of life in prime and must i see thy death my fault thou art my grief my crime my hand the charge of thy destruction bears i am the cause of thy untimely fate but what my crime unless with him to sport unless a fault it were too much to love would i could life for thee or with thee quit but fatal laws restrain me yet shalt thou be with me still dwell ever on my lips my hand shall sound thee on the lyre i touch my songs of thee shall tell a new-found flower shall bear the letters which my griefs resound and time shall come when a most valiant chief shall join him to thy flower in the same leaf his name too shall be read as words like these the truth predicting lips of phoebus spoke behold the blood which flowed along the ground and all the herbage tinged is blood no more but springs a flower than tyrian red more bright a form assuming such as lilies wear like it save purple this that silvery white nor yet content was phoebus For from him the honour was derived upon its leaves he traced his groans aye aye on every flower in mournful characters is fair inscribed nor blush the spartans hyacinth to own his honours still the present age attend and annual are the hyacinthian feasts in pomp surpassing aught of ancient days should you by chance of amethyst inquire if willing the propitities it bore denying nods would equally disclaim them and the race whose foreheads once were rough with double horns cereste hence their name jove's hospitable altar at their gates of mournful wickedness was reared who saw this stained with gore if stranger might conceive that sucking calves or two years sheep there bled there bled the guest mild venus grieved at these most impious rites at first prepared to quit her cities and her cyprian fields but how she said can my beloved climb how can my towns have given offence what fault abides in them rather the impious race shall vengeance feel in exile or in death save death and exile medium may allow how may that be unless their shape is changed then while she doubts what shape they shall assume their horns attract her eyes struck by the hint their mighty horns she leaves them and transforms to savage oxen all their lusty limbs still dared the obscene prepetites deny venus a goddess's power for which fame says they first so forced the deity's revenge their bodies prostituted and their charms as shame them left the blood which tinged their cheeks hardened and soon they rigid stone became these saw pygmalion and the age beheld with crimes o'errun the shameful vice abhorred which lavish nature gave their female souls single and spouseless lived he long a mate pressed not his couch meantime the ivory white with happy skill and wondrous art he carved and formed a beauteous figure never made so perfect yet was born and his own work with love inspired him of a nymph her face was such you must believe the form to live and move if not by bashfulness restrained thus art his art concealed pygmalion stares in admiration and his breast draws flames from the feigned body oft his hands his work approach if ivory or if flesh to judge nor ivory then will he confess the form. kisses he gives and thinks each kiss returned he speaks he grasps her where he grasps he thinks his hands impression leave and fears to see on the pressed limbs some marks of livid blue now blandished words he uses now he bears those gifts so grateful to a girlish mind pearls and smooth polished gems and smallest birds with variegated flowers and lilies fair and painted figures and the heliads tears dropped from the weeping tree with garments gay her limbs too he adorns and jewels gives to deck her fingers while a necklace large hangs round her neck her ears light pearls suspend and a bright zone is circled round her waist all well became her yet most beauteous far she unattired appeared her on a couch tinged with the shell sidonian then he laid and called her partner of his bed and placed her head reclined as if with sense endued on the soft pillow now the feast approached of venus through all cyprus's isle so famed and snowy chested heifers whose bent horns with gold were gay received the deadly blow and incense burnt in clouds pygmalion stood before the altar with his offered gifts timid he spoke o ye all potent gods Give me a spouse just like my ivory nymph. Give me my ivory nymph, he blushed to say. Bright Venus then, as present at her feast, perceived the inmost wishes of his soul, and gave the omen of a friendly power. Thrice blazed the fire, and thrice the flame leaped high. Returning, he the darling statue seeks of his fair nymph, extends him on the couch, kisses and thinks he feels her lips grow warm, applies his lips again, and with his hand presses her bosom pressed the ivory yields softening beneath his fingers nor remains its rigid harshness so hymettus's wax yields to the heat when tempering thumbs it mould in various forms and fit for future use astonished now he joys with trembling soul but fears deception then he loves again and with his hands again his wishes proves twas flesh the pressed pulse leaped beneath his thumb then did the cyprian youth in words most full of gratitude and love to venus pray then to her living lips his lips he joined and then the damsel felt his warm salute blushing she felt it and her timid eyes oped to the light and with the light beheld her lover venus blessed the match she made and when nine times the moon's full orb was seen sharpened to horns the damsel paphos bore whose appellation oft the isle receives she cenaris too bore if childless he a place amongst the happiest mighty claim a direful song i sing be distant far ye daughters distant far o parents be or if of pleasure to your minds my verse aught gives in this at least my truth suspect believe the deed not if you must believe mark well the punishment the crime deserved since nature could such heinous deeds permit the thracian realms my land i gratulate and joy this clime at such a distance lies from that which could such monstrous acts produce let araby be in amomum rich and cinnamon and zedori produce incense which through the wood exudes and flowers of varied taints while mirror too it bears too great the price which this new tree procured cupid denies o mirror, that his darts thee wounded vindicating from that crime his weapons thee with stygian torch most fierce and viperous venom furies did inflame wicked to hate thy parent sure had been but thus to love is worse than bitterest hate The choicest nobles come from every part to gain thee. Youths from all the east arrive to struggle for thy hand. Choose, mirror, choose one from the crowd, one only in the world whom choose thou mayest not. She herself perceived and curbed the baneful passion in her mind, communing thus. Ah, whither rove my thoughts? What meditate I? O ye gods, I pray, O piety, O parents' sacred laws, forbid this wicked act, oppose a deed so full of horrid guilt, if guilt it be. But pious nature ne'er such love condemns all animals in undistinguished form cohabit shame the heifer never feels joined with her sire the steed his daughter takes as partner with the female flock who owed to him their being couples oft the goat and birds bring forth to birds who them produced blessed those who thus enjoy but human race perversest laws invents vexatious rules forbid what nature grants yet am i told nations exist where mother joins with son and daughter with her sire their pious love increased more strongly by the double bond ah me unhappy in such glorious climes begotten not i suffer but from place but why on these ideas dwell hence far forbidden hopes well he deserves thy love but as a father love him wert thou not of mighty Cynaris, the daughter then thou mightst the couch of cynaris ascend now mine he is so much he is not mine our very nearness is my greatest curse more close a perfect stranger had i been far hence i would depart my country leave this mischief flying but cursed love restrains for present cenaris i may behold touch speak my kisses to his face apply if naught he'll grant beyond how impious maid darest thou hope aught beyond perceiv'st thou not what laws what names thou wouldst confound wouldst thou the mother's rival be thy father's whore thy offspring's sister wouldst thou then be called thy brother's parent fearest thou not the three whose locks with sable serpents horrid curl who conscious bosoms pierce with searching eyes and hurl their furious torches in the face while yet thy body can resist no more cherish the heinous guilt thus in thy mind nor violate great nature's sacred law with lust forbidden grant i should consent the king would me deny too pious he, too dear to him the law. Oh, that in him such furious passion raged as burns in me. She ended. Cynaris, the worthy crowd of suitors held in doubt. Herself, he asked, as name by name he counted, which as spouse she most would wish. Silent at first she stood, then burning gazed on his paternal face as the warm tears gushed in her shining eyes. These, Cenaris' effects of virgin fear believing, chid her and forbade to weep, drying her cheeks he on them pressed a kiss with too much pleasure she the kiss received and when consulted what the spouse must be she would prefer she answered one like you he witless of her meaning praised her words and said be such thy pious duty still the sound of piety the virgin's eyes with sense of guilt cast conscious to the ground twas now deep night when sleep soothed all the cares of mortal breasts but mirror wakeful laid consumed with raging fires and rolling deep her frantic wishes in her wandering mind despairing now and now resolved to try now shame o'ercomes her and anon desire and undetermined how to act she rests a mighty tree thus wounded by the axe ere yet it feels the final blow in doubt seems where to fall they fear on every side thus did her staggered mind from varied force waver now here now there pressed hard by each no ease for love no rest but death appears death pleased she rose and round her throat prepared the cord to fasten from the topmost beam she tied her girdle and farewell exclaimed dear cynaris guess whence my fatal end then drew the noose around her pallid neck tis said the imperfect murmuring of her words reached to the faithful nurse's ears who laid before the threshold of her foster-child the matron rose threw wide the door and saw prepared the instrument of death at once she screamed aloud her bosom tore Deep blows gave her own limbs, and from the rescued neck tore the tight noose. Then had she time to weep, then to embrace, then to inquire the cause of the dread cord. But dumb the virgin sat, and motionless, her eyes to earth were fixed, grieved that so checked her efforts were for death. More the nurse presses, bears her silvered hairs and withered bosom, by the cradle begs, and the first food she tasted to confess to her the cause of sorrow. Mira sighs, but turns her eyes aside as thus she begs determined still to know the nurse persists and not content her secrecy alone to promise says yet tell me and my aid allow me to afford thee not yet slow though aged is it love with charms and plants i know thy love to cure have envious eyes thee harmed with magic rites their charm i'll spoil are the gods angry with appeasing rites their anger we will soothe what ill beside can be conjectured lo thy house secure and safe thy fortune both in prosperous train yet lives thy mother and thy father lives her father's name when mirror heard she drew deep from her breast a mournful sigh nor yet the nurse suspected guilt was in her soul but saw that love disturbed her in her aim inflexible again she urged to know the grief whate'er it proved and lulled her head upon her aged lap and clasped her form in her own feeble arms as thus she spoke i see thou lovest banish far thy fear my diligence in this shall aid thee nay not e'en thy father shall the secret know madly she bounded from the lap and cried while pressed the couch her face i beg thee go and spare my grievous shame more pressing still or go she said or ask not why i mourn what thou so seek'st to know is shameful guilt with horror struck the ancient dame holds forth her hands which equal shook with fear and age then suppliant at her foster-daughter's feet fell now she coaxes now she threatens loud if not made privy threatens to declare the chord's adventure and half-finished death, and offers aid once more her love to gain. She raised her head and filled her nurse's breast with sudden gushing tears, and oft she strove all to confess, as oft her tongue was mute, and in her garments hid her blushing face. Then, happy mother in thy spouse, she said, no more, but groaned. Through her cold limbs and bones the ancient nurse a shivering tremor felt and her white hairs all o'er her head erect like bristles stood for all the truth she saw much did she urge the direful flame to drive far from her soul if that could be the maid knows all is just she argues yet is fixed for death unless her lover is obtained then she o live enjoy thy silent there enjoy thy parent she not dared to say yet by a sacred oath her promise bound Section twenty of Metamorphoses. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Metamorphoses by Publius Ovidius Naso. Ovid. Translated by J. J. Howard. The tenth book of the Metamorphoses of Ovid. Part two. Now Ceres' annual feast, the pious dames all solemnized. In snowy robes enwrapped, they offered wheaten wreaths and primal fruits. The rites of Venus and the touch of man, for thrice three nights forbidden things they held the monarch's spouse sent grace mid the crowd forth went to celebrate the secret feast and while the couch its legal partner lacked the ill officious nurse the king espied oppressed with wine and told the tale of love beneath a fictious name and praised her charms the virgin's years he asks equal her age to mirrors she replies desired to bring the damsel she returns rejoice she cries rejoice our point is gained the hapless nymph felt not a general joy Presaging pangs shot through her bosom. Still she joyed, her mind such discord tore. Now was the silent hour. Bootes mid the Triones had bent his wane with sloping pole, When mirror came to her flagitious crime. Bright luna fled the skies, black clouds the lurking stars o'erspread. The night saw not its fires. Thou Icarus, thy face first hidst, And thou Erigone, hallowed for thy parental love so pure. Thrice was she warned by stumbling feet, and thrice the owl funereal uttered her death note. Yet on she went. Darkness and sable night, her shame diminished. Fast her left hand grasps her nurse, the other waves to explore the way. The threshold of the nuptial chamber now she touches, now she gently opens the door, now enters. Then her trembling knees loose shook beneath her bending hams. Her colour fled, her blood flowed back, and all her wishes sunk. The nearer was her crime approached, the more with horror she beheld it and sore mourned her daring anxious to return unknown the hoary dame her lingering thus dragged on and when presented at the lofty couch said cenaris receive her she's thine own and the devoted bodies gave to join the sire his proper bowels on the bed obscene received her virgin terrors calmed and soothed her trembling haply too he said my daughter from her age and haply she my sire lest names were wanting to their crime filled with her father from the bed she rose bearing in her dire womb the impious fruit carrying her crime conceived then shewing night her incest she repeats nor ends she here but cenarius eager at length to know after such frequent converse who him loved at once his daughter and his sin beheld by lamps brought sudden grief repressed all words but from the sheath he snatched his glittering sword quick mirror fled darkness and favoring night saved her from death o'er widespread fields she roamed through araby palm-bearing and the lands panchia holds nine times returning light had filled the horns of luna still she strayed then weary rested in sabbia's fields while scarce she bore the burden of her womb then what to ask uncertain twixt the fear of death and weariness of hated life in words like these she uttered forth her prayers ye powers if those who guilt confess are heard a punishment exemplar i deserve i shrink not from it yet the living race lest i contaminate if left to live or lest i mix profane with shades below drive me from either realm from life and death debar me into some new shape transformed the penitent some god propitious heard her final prayer at least success obtain for as she spoke rose round her legs the earth the lofty tree's foundation crooked roots shot from her spreading toes hard wood her bones became The marrow in the midst remained as pith. The sappy juice still flowed her blood. Her arms' large boughs were spread. Her fingers changed to slender twigs. Rough bark her skin became. The growing tree pressed hard to the gravid womb, invested next her breast, and o'er her neck threatened to spread. Impatient of delay, she shrunk below to meet the approaching wood, and hid beneath the rising bark her face. Human sensation with her change of shape she lost, yet still she weeps and from the tree warm drops yet fall, and much the tears are prized. The myrrh which oozes from the bark still holds its mistress's name, well known in every age. Meantime the misbegotten infant grew within the trunk, and pressed to find a way to push to light and leave the parent womb. Within the tree the gravid womb swelled large, stretched was the mother with the load, but mute were all her woes, nor in travailing voice Lucina could she call, yet hard to strain she seemed thick groans oft gave the bending bowl and tears flowed copious mild lucina came and stood before the groaning boughs and gave assisting help and spoke the spellful words cleft is the tree and through the fissured bark a living burthen comes the infant cries who on soft grass placed the naiad nymphs him bathe in tears maternal such a face even envy could not blame as painters form the naked cupid's beauty such had he And that their dress no help to guess may give this the light quiver take or that resign quick passing time unheeded glides along deceiving nought than years more quickly flies the child of sister and of grandsire born late in the tree confined late thence relieved just seen most beauteous of the infant tribe now youth now man appears more beauteous still now venus charmed his mother's pangs avenged as kisses sweet the quiver bearing boy pressed on his mother's lips he witless raised slightly her bosom with a dart that stood protruding venus wounded angry pushed her son far from her light the wound appeared at first even her deceiving with the blaze of manly beauty caught she now contemns the cytherean shores nor paphos seeks girt by profoundest seas nidos so famed for fish nor Amethus with metals rich heaven too she quits to heaven she now prefers adonis him she follows him attends whose sole employ was loitering in the shade in anxious study to increase her charms bare to the knee her robe like diane's train high girt o'er hills through woods and brambly rocks she roves exhorts the dogs and drives such game as threaten not with danger fearful hares high antlered stags and rapid flying deer fierce boars she shuns and shuns the robber wolf strong taloned bears and lions slaughter gorged thou too adonis admonition heardst these to avoid if admonition aught with thee could weigh be brave the goddess said to those who fly thee courage gainst the bold to danger drags dear youth thy heart is brave indulge not to my hazard nor provoke fierce beasts by nature armed nor seek for fame nor youth nor beauty such as venus move will move the lion or the bristly boar their eyes and breasts untouched by brightest charms thunder and lightning in his bended tusks the fierce boar carries rapid is the force the tawny lion hated race exerts my cause of hatred when to thee disclosed will raise thy wonder at the monstrous crime in days of yore committed now hard toil unwonted tires me lo the poplars shade so opportune invites and the green turf a couch presents upon the ground with thee i'll rest she spoke and as she stretched along she pressed the grass and pressed the lovely youth smiling her head upon his breast reclined midst intermingling kisses thus she spoke perhaps thou'st heard of that renowned maid whose fleetness in the race the swiftest man surpassed not fabulous the tale you heard she vanquished all and hard it was to say if praise for swiftness or for beauteous form she most deserved to her who once inquired of marriage fate predicting phoebus said a spouse would atalanta be thy bane avoid an husband's couch yet wilt thou not an husband's couch avoid but lose thyself thyself yet living terror struck to hear the sentence of the god maiden she lives amid the thickest woods driving severe the throngs of pressing suitors from her far by hard conditions ne'er can i be gained she said till vanquished in the race with me your swiftness try the conqueror in the strife shall gain me spouse and gain a genial couch but death must him who lags behind reward such be the laws of trial pitiless the law appeared but such is beauty's power crowds of rash lovers to the law agreed there sat hippomenes to view the race unequal and exclaimed are there so mad as seek a wife through peril so immense and the blind love of all the youths condemned but when her face he saw and saw her limbs bared for the contest limbs like mine or thine were thine of female mould amazed he looked with upraised hands and cried forgive my fault ye whom but now i blamed the great reward for which you labor then to me unknown thus praising fire he feels and hopes no youth more swift will run and envious fears their speed but why the fortune of this contest leave untried he said myself heaven helps the bold while musing thus hippomenes remarks the virgin's flying pace though not less swift the youth beheld her than the darts shot from the scythian bow her beauty more ravished his eyes and speed her charms increased the posing breeze which met her rapid feet blew back the ribbons which her sandals bound her tresses floated down her ivory back and loosely flowed her garment o'er her knees with painted border gay a purple bloom with virgin whiteness mixed her body showed as when the snow-white hall a deepened tinge from purple curtains shows while this the guest intently notes the utmost goal is past victorious atalanta with the wreath is crowned the vanquished sigh and meet the doom agreed he by the youth's untimely fate deterred not forward stood and on the nymph fixed full his eyes and said why seek you thus an easy conquest vanquishing the weak with me contend so potent am i born you need not blush to such high rank to yield megareus was my sire Onchestius his grandson to neptune thus the fourth i boast from ocean's sovereign nor beneath my race stoops aught my valour should success me crown a lofty end and an everlasting fame hippomenes your conqueror would you gain as thus he spoke with softening eyes the maid beheld him doubtful which twere best to wish to vanquish or be vanquished while she thus uttered her thoughts what god an envious foe to beauty would destroy him urged to seek my bed by risking thus his own dear life i cannot sure so great a prize be thought his beauty melts me not though yet i own such beauty well might melt but such a youth he seems he moves me not but from his years what courage in him reigns his soul unawed by death he springs the forth from ocean's king then how he loves and prizes so my hand that should hard fortune keep me from his arms he'd perish stranger while thou mayest depart avoid the bloody nuptials marriage i too cruel make no maid would thee refuse and soon mayst thou a wiser nymph select but why for him this care from me who see so many die whom he too has beheld then let him perish since the numerous train of slaughtered lovers warns him not he spurns an hated life how should he then be slain because with me to live he wishes death inglorious must he gain reward of love hatred would such a conquest still attend still is not mine the fault do thou desist or if thy madness holds oh that thy feet more swift may be see in his youthful face what virgin beauties ah hippomenes what atalanta thou hadst never seen well worthy thou of life were i more blessed had rugged fate not mere spouse forbade thou soul art he by whom to hymen's couch with joy i would be led thus spoke the nymph in fond simplicity first touched by love unknowing what she felt ardent she loved yet knew the passion not which ruled her soul now loud the people and the king demand the wonted race to me with anxious words hippomenes great neptune's offspring prayed o cytherea i adjure thee aid my bold attempt from thee those flames i felt grant them thy succour gales auspicious waft to me the tender prayers my soul is moved nor long the aid so needful i delay Attract! The tract there lies in cyprus's richest lands named tamasin by those who dwell around this ancient times made sacred unto me and with this gift my temples were endowed midst of the field appears a shining tree yellow its leaves its crackling branches gold by chance there straying from the boughs i plucked three golden apples bore them in my hand and seen by none except the favoured youth approached hippomenes and taught their use the trumpets gave the sign each ready sprung shot from the barrier and with rapid feet skimmed lightly o'er the sand o'er the wide main with feet unwetted they might seem to fly or sweep the unbending ears of hoary grain large shouts encouraging and cheering words on every side a stimulus afford to urge the youth's exertions now they cry now now hippomenes the time to press on on exert thy vigour flag not now the race is thine the grateful sounds both heard megareus's son and Skenus's daughter hard which joyed the most to judge how oft her pace she slackened when with ease she might have passed and ceased unwilling on his face to gaze tired now parched breathings from the mouth ascends of neptune's son and far remote the goal then as his last resource he distant flung one of the tree's bright produce in amaze the virgin saw it roll and from the course swerved tempted to obtain the glittering fruit Hypomenes o'ershoots her all around applauses ring she soon corrects delay and wasted moments with more rapid speed and leaves again the youth behind again delayed to catch the second flying fruit the youth is followed and again o'erpassed now near the girl they come o goddess now who gave the boon assist he said and flung with youthful force obliquely o'er the plain more to detain the last bright glittering gold in doubt the virgin saw it fly i urged that she should follow and fresh weight i gave the apple when obtained thus by the load her course impeding and obtained delay but lest my tale in length surpass the race the vanquished virgin was the victor's prize Think'st thou, Adonis, did I not deserve most grateful thanks in smoking incense paid? Mindless, nor thanks, nor incense yielded he, and sudden anger in my bosom raged. Irked at the slight, I instantly provide that future times with less contempt behave, and against them both my raging bosom burns. Now passed they near a temple, long since raised by famed Echion in a shady wood to the great mother of the heavenly gods, when the long journey tempted to repose and there inspired by me ill-timed desire hippomenes excited near the fane a cave-like close recess dim lighted stood with native pumice roofed hallowed of old where priests the numerous images had placed of ancient deities they entered here and with forbidden lust the place defiled the wooden images their eyes avert the tower crowned goddess dubious stands to plunge the guilty couple in the stygian wave too light that sentence seems straight yellow manes cover their soft smooth necks their fingers curve to mighty claws their arms to forelegs turn and new-formed tails sweep lightly o'er the sand angry their countenance glares for speech they roar they haunt the forests for their nuptial dome transformed to lions and by others feared their tamed mouths champ the sibylian rains do thou o dearest boy their rage avoid not theirs alone but all the savage tribe that stubborn meet with breasts the furious war not turn their backs for flight lest bold too much thou and myself have cause too much to mourn thus she admonished and by coupled swans upborne she cleft the air but his brave soul her cautious admonitions rash contemned by chance his dogs the well-marked footprints traced and from his lurking covert roused a boar whom with a stroke oblique as from the break to spring he went the gallant youth transpierced. instant with crooked tusks the gore-stained spear wrenched the fierce boar away and at him rushed trembling and safety-seeking every fang deep in his groin he plunged and on the sand stretched him expiring cytherea borne through midmost ether in her chariot light had not at cyprus with her swans arrived when known from far she heard his dying groans and thither turned her snowy birds From high, when lifeless she beheld him in his blood convulsive struggling, quick she darted down. She tore her garments and she tore her hair, and with unpitying hands her breast she smote. Then, fate upbraiding first, she said, Not all shall bend to your decision. Still shalt thou remain, Adonis, monument of woe suffered by me. The image of thy death annual repeated, annual shall renew remembrance of my mourning. But thy blood a flower shall form. Shalt thou, O Proserpine, a female body to a scented herb transform? And i the cinerean youth forbidden be to change she said and flung nectar most odorous on the ebbing gore which instant swelling rose so bubbles rise on the smooth stream when showery floods descend nor long the term an hour's short space elapsed when the same tainted flower the blood produced such flowers the deep pomegranate bears which hides its purple grains beneath a flexile rind but short its boast for the same winds afford its name and shake them where they lighted here